Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Prime Minister, thank you. Uh, your speech, I thought, was very clear. Basically, Ukraine has to win the war and Russia loses. But you said something I want to pick up on and elaborate. You talk about NATO assurances for Ukraine. What does that mean specifically? And when do you do them? Do you do them while the war is still ongoing? And don't you fear that Russia will say, ultimately, we're right. We don't fight Ukraine. We fight NATO. Well, uh, very nice to see you. I think, first of all, it's, it's clear that the security guarantees, the architecture that was in place before this war has failed Ukraine. Right? That's just a statement of fact. Uh, Ukraine had received assurances when it gave weapons up. Russia has continually violated, whether it's human rights treaties or indeed arms control treaties. So what happened before has not worked. So we should be clear about that. And now our job is to look forward and say, what's the right thing going forward? Now, as I mentioned, Jens Stoltenberg has said, NATO, you know, well, Ukraine will be a member of NATO. But between now and then, what I think we need to work on are providing Ukraine with the means to win the war right now. And that means very specifically artillery, long-range weapons, armored vehicles, air defense. That's the most critical thing. What we can also do is make sure that we're training Ukraine on NATO standard equipment. That's what we're doing when it comes to aircraft with their pilots. Uh, but I think what we do need to do is think about the future of how we protect Ukraine's security. And we need to have that conversation with our allies and talk about the longer-term provision of supporting Ukraine. And that's the conversation that I think we should start having because the Vilnius summit is a good place to conclude that. So this year, so the assurances would come this year. I wonder, there has been a lot of debate. You talked about the fighter jets. Uh, there has been a lot of debate here about the ammunition, the risk that they may not have enough ammunition, but also the long-range missiles. There's concern that perhaps Perhaps one of the targets would be Crimea. Under your watch, as UK Prime Minister, would you approve of long-range missiles that could hit Crimea? I think, I think the most important thing here to recognize is, it actually starts with NATO. What is NATO? NATO is a defensive alliance. Mm -hmm. right? That's the first thing to recall. What is Ukraine doing? Ukraine is trying to defend itself. Mm -hmm. right? It is suffering unprovoked aggression. Its territorial integrity, its sovereignty has been violated. Its people are being killed. And it has every right to defend itself. And that's what we should be doing. And that's the support that we collectively in this room are, are providing. And critically, there are things that Ukraine needs to gain that decisive advantage on the battlefield. That's why the provision of heavy tanks was so important. That's why air defense is absolutely critical. You're right to mention artillery. And longer-range weapons also help. Uh, now, those are all the things that will allow Ukraine to defend itself and repel Russian aggression. And indeed, yes to have a counter-offensive 
that moves Russia outside of its own country. I think that's entirely reasonable, and we should be fully behind Ukraine in that ambition and want that ambition to succeed. And for them, the entire country means Crimea, as you know uh, very well. Uh, in your speech, there was a lot of bravado in the sense of Ukraine has to win the war and Russia has to be proven wrong. Vladimir Putin has to lose uh, this war. Some would say, and you make it clear, you still believe the UK is a big geopolitical agent. Zelensky obviously went to London. He sees value in the UK, but some here would believe to really be the strong geopolitical agent, you need to solve the pending issues that you have with the EU. I know you probably know this question is coming. There's a frenzy of reports that you do have a deal over the Northern Irish Protocol that could come Monday, potentially. Do you have a deal? Does it come Monday? And I wonder beyond that, does it reflect your wish that you want to have a normal working relationship with your European allies? So. Lots of things in there to, to unpack. I think that the first thing to say, when it comes to the issue of the Northern Ireland Protocol, there are real issues that need resolving. The way that the protocol has been implemented, it's causing very real challenges for families, for people, for businesses on the ground. Very practical difficulties and they need to be resolved. But that also there's an issue of the democratic deficit that sits at the heart of the protocol as it's currently constructed. Now those are the things that we need to resolve. And I'm working very hard together with my ministerial colleagues, foreign secretaries in the audience, Secretary of State for Northern Ireland. You know, we are working very closely together. We're engaging in those conversations with the European Union. Next week, but, uh, potentially? All the time, and we have been for a while. But what I'd say is there is still work to do. I think there is still work to do. There are still challenges to work through. We have not resolved all these issues. No, there, is no, there isn't a deal that has been done. There is an understanding of what needs to be done. It's the issues that I outlined. And James was in, in Brussels yesterday. I've been in Northern Ireland talking to parties there about the things that we need to fix. Uh, we're working through those. We're working through them hard. And we will work through them intensely with the EU. But we are by no means done. There is no deal that is done. There, there's work to do. And that's what we will set about doing. So I guess you basically say on Monday that's, that's not a deadline in, in any way in your view, but I wonder on a bigger picture, is there a wish to now have a normal working relationship with your European allies? This is a war that's happening in continental Europe. Yeah, look, of course there is. I know, we, you know, the UK may have left the European Union. It didn't leave Europe. Mm -hmm. we, are, we are a European nation. I talked in my speech about our commitment to European security. And look, of course we want to have a positive, constructive relationship with our European partners, neighbours, allies, individually, but also with the EU. And I think you can see that. You can see it most importantly in the response to Ukraine, but very specifically, actually, on sanctions, where there has been exceptionally good close working and coordination between the UK and the EU on designing and implementing sanctions packages, which only work effectively when they're done well in, in a coordinated fashion. I think we've demonstrated that we can do that together. But if I look at a couple of other areas where we're having good conversations as a result of positive, um, the positive dialogue, one is illegal migration. Mm -hmm. Actually, the Calais group of countries that is working together to tackle illegal migration met at the end of last year. That's a group of countries that involves the UK. Very productive set of discussions that were had. It's a sign of, of good dialogue, good cooperation. Uh, and then lastly, on energy security. Mm -hmm. I think all of us in Europe over the last year have re-examined 
where we're getting our energy from. And ultimately, you know, that, is a, that is a shared goal and one in which we work in together. We have an interconnected electricity market. How can we not work together uh, on that? And those are some of the very real practical things that we are currently engaged on. And that's, I think, a, a sign of progress and is a, a welcome and positive development. And, and perhaps in your toning, you did come with a very big delegation, which has not been the case at times. I, I am to, I'm told that, James will correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm told that this is the, 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 the biggest delegation that we've had. And, and it reflects that, a new change in tone. Absolutely. And I think there's this idea that was put to me earlier by someone that somehow just because we left the EU, that was, should be interpreted as the EU or the UK turning in on itself. Nothing could be further from the truth. Right? Like the, the UK has always been an outward-looking country, and we are committed to continuing and doubling down on that. And I think, funnily enough, I think last, it was, uh, it was relatively recently, one of our brand-new aircraft carriers... Um, which we're very proud of, went around, around the world and participated in joint missions with almost every navy along the way, from Europe, the Middle East, to Asia. Um, and it was an incredible sign, I think, of the UK's desire to be an outward-looking nation. How could anyone say, uh, with something like that going on, that we were somehow retreating? No, of course not. That's our aircraft carrier out in the Indo-Pacific in partnership with other countries in the region, talking about regional security uh, with them. You know, we're currently in the process of negotiating UK accession to the CPTPP. Um, So I think these are all quite tangible demonstrations of our desire to be engaged of course, in, in Europe, but also around the world, whether it comes to trade, security, energy policy, you name it. Well, Prime Minister, thank you so much for your time here at the Meeting Security Conference. Perfect. Thank you very much. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.